You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. I'm so excited to have a guest with us today, a voice that you've heard a handful of times if you've been listening since the beginning. She did actually was the first person who recorded a little intro bumper. So when you hear those people say, hi, I'm this person from this website and you're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, this is the first one we ever used. And I'm so excited to now have her with us as a guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Letitia Stiles. Say hello to everyone, Letitia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So before we dive into the uh, to the meat of the interview, you know, personal finance, I always say should be personal. It shouldn't be all, all stiff and boring. So I am sitting here with my beer of the day. It's actually a brand new one I'd never tried before. It's uh, from New Belgium Brewing in my uh, my home state of Colorado, where I where I grew up. Um, I don't know now probably a thousand miles or so from where I live, but uh, <laughs> New Belgium was always one of my favorites. And they have a brand new one, or at least it's new to me, called Citradelic. It's a, a tangerine IPA. So that's what nice. I'm I'm drinking today. What are you having on your end? Uh, you're probably gonna think I'm super boring, but I have a nice tall glass of ice cold water in front of me. <laughs> a nice glass of water. You know, it's healthy. It's it's lower calories. It's uh, you know, it's better for the gym. Though I've heard yeah. that uh, if when you if you ever go to uh, Golden, Colorado, and do the uh, Coors Brewery tour, uh-huh. they tell you on the tour about how they have um, Coors Light on tap in the gym. They nice. they said regular Coors is too heavy for working out, but <laughs> Coors Light totally cool for the gym. Um, yeah, so so I'm rocking New Belgium. Letitia's rocking her water. Oh, um, yeah, we will we'll dive in and and get it on as they say. So um, let's start. I want to bring up how. We first connected online. Uh, we the first place that I remember coming across something you did was uh, from the Yakazi way back in the day. And your site had a different name back then. Can you tell us about the genesis of your site? How you got the idea for it? The original name, and uh, we'll, we'll start with that. Sure. So I started a little bit after college. I had graduated with a finance degree. It was my second time going through college, um, second undergraduate degree. And I was having a hard time finding a job. This was around uh, 2010, which was the perfect time to graduate with a finance degree. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I realized that, you know, I had all this to share that I had learned. And I decided I'm just going to create a website that, um, you know, helps young adults. So the original name was Financial Success for Young Adults. It's a little bit of a mouthful. (laughs) Super long. And so I decided to uh, use the acronym and then attach the word online because the website was online, obviously. And so my original website was like FSYA online, which I uh, also affectionately called FSHA. (laughs) Um, for short. (laughs) And um, it eventually evolved into um, young adult finances. And then when I saw that youngfinances.com was available, um, I grabbed that URL along with all of the social media handles. And that is where uh, my personal finance site resides today. It's funny. uh, I have a a kind of similar story, though. 
Mine might even be worse because I didn't have my own .com when I started. My <laughs> original name for what is now personal profitability was Narrow Bridge Finance. No, Narrow Bridge Adventures. Dot blogspot.com. <laughs> uh, and that was around 2007. So, oh, um, yeah. It's a while back. We've both come a long way. I, I oh, yeah. Know. So, can you tell us a little about your site, what your shtick, your mantra, your elevator speech, all that stuff? Sure. So, basically, what I do is I help young adults, you know, recently graduated as well as, you know, those who are still in college sort of figure out their, their money. Uh, young finances in particular deals with uh, budgeting, investing, helps with credit. And then for those who want to start earning more money, I recently started offering coaching services to young entrepreneurs and to help them earn more money. And I run all of that just at LetitiaStyles.com. So that's sort of the way that my business looks today. And there will be links to all of uh, every, all the websites that we mentioned today in the show notes. So don't worry, listeners, if you're in the car to uh, scribble that down. Don't get into a car accident over it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> we will, uh, we'll, you'll be able to find that on the website. So, um, so today you have a couple, couple websites. You have this great personal brand. But I know it was a, a bigger journey than just um, changing your URL. So when you started, you said you had trouble finding a job. Did you end up finding a job or was the internet your bread and butter the whole time? No, I did. It took me about 11 months in order to find a full-time salary paying position. In the meantime, I was working on my blog and I think I made $3.45 with AdSense. Um, you know, Google ads. And so I knew that the website, (laughs) while I wanted it to be uh, my full-time income, it just wasn't quite there yet. It took me, like you said, we, you know, kind of met during the Yakeezy days. I finally found, you know, that group of bloggers and I learned a lot about blogging and building an audience and an email list. And mostly what I learned from the group was learning how to do affiliate marketing. And so that's what sort of helped me to transition into, you know, taking that money that I was making part time and helped me to, you know, pay off all the debt that I was able to pay off and to finally go full time with my blog. But it really helped having that group that, you know, we sort of all started with. So that's, that's sort of the beginning stages there. So when you got to the point that you were ready to go full time online, how did you know? What was what told you that it was the day that you could walk away from your stable salary and, and comfort zone there and wanted to really dive in and go your own? Well, it was sort of, it was sort of funny because I had been talking about it uh, with a friend of mine about how I wanted to work for myself and I knew I could do it. And I did an experiment in the month of February, the same year that I left my job. I basically focused all of my efforts on my blog. I worked to optimize the posts that I had. I worked to bring in more income from other income streams. And I just tried to see if I put in, you know, at least two to three hours per day on my site, what could I do? And that month, that February, that was, you know, my highest month of income ever. I think I made like $3,000 gross that month. And it really made me think like, okay, if I go, if I can take this full time and put even more time into it, then I can increase the income and go from there. And, you know, 
I didn't just leave my job and then suddenly start making $5,000 a month, which was my goal at the time. You know, I had some rocky months and I was averaging maybe $2,000, but I had gotten my expenses down to $1,500. And so even those months where, you know, I maybe made $1,000 or the months where I made $3,000, I was still able to take care of my base level expenses because I, I, you know, I reduced my expenses down so low. And that's sort of when I knew that, you know, I was ready to make that jump because I had low expenses and I had a viable source of a part-time income. So what steps did you take to help lower those expenses to get them down to that point? Well, one major thing that I did was paying off all of my credit card debt. Yeah, heck so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a three-year process and that happened while I was working my blog. So I was taking the money that I was making from my full-time job and essentially paying for all of my living expenses, plus a little bit was going towards debt. And then the money that I was making from my side hustle, I was taking that and putting that towards debt and using that for you know, personal entertainment as well. And so that's how I was able to, you know, really kind of jumpstart and, and drop my expenses so low. So I got rid of my car loan. I got rid of all of my credit card debt. And the only obligation that I had left was were my student loan payments, which were uh, super low. And, you know, there's more flexibility with student loans and, you know, we can go into you know good debt versus bad debt. I, you know, I won't, won't really talk about that, but I was willing to to go full time with just the student loans. And, um, and I'm happy I did so. So you said you were averaging about 3000 a month ish at that point online when you left your job. Was it what did it feel like walk? I'm imagining you made that much or more from your uh, full time job. So you're walking away from, you know, about half of your income. Was there an initial big shock that you dealt with? Or was it something you had planned for enough that it was a pretty smooth switch over. I was really excited. That was like the biggest emotion that I was feeling, mostly because, you know, I had been saving. So after I paid off my debt, there were still months where, you know, I was taking, essentially, I was taking an entire paycheck and putting that away into savings. And so I had saved several months of expenses before I actually left my job. And so I was very excited Financially, it was a pretty smooth transition, but I was still nervous at the same time because, you know, I was tracking my income and watching it like a hawk to see where I could improve and where I could earn more. And so it was nerve wracking to say the least. So it's, it's been a few years since then. What areas did you find that you were able to really earn more? What took off and what was there anything that you found that wasn't working that you? kind of nipped in the bud so you could focus on the things that were doing really well. Yeah. So the first thing was the affiliate marketing income that I thought was going to be my bread and butter turned out not to be that. (laughs) Some of the programs that I was a member of suddenly shut down. There were a lot of regulations that changed in the years after the global financial crisis, which caused um, a lot of shakeup in the financial industry in affiliate marketing in particular. I, uh, I, yeah. I lost all my, uh, my credit card affiliates about the same time that most finance bloggers did too, which was a total bummer. Yep. That was exactly it. And that was honestly, that was 75% of the affiliate income that I had coming in was coming from credit card applications. 
And so once I realized that, you know, these programs could drop me at any time and any point, I realized that I had to come up with a more sustainable uh, source of income. So that's when I really started, you know, flexing my hustle muscle as a, <laughs> as I like to call it. And I started freelancing and, you know, that started to bring in some really good income. I eventually found some clients that I could work with consistently. And, you know, that sort of helped me get to the next hurdle. And then I started branching out and pitching my uh, services and helping small businesses with their social media. I started pitching those services and that got me to the next level of uh, my income. And now I'm, I'm sort of at the next frontier, which is creating my own products that I can uh, sell to my audience in order to make it to that next um, level of income. So, I, you know, it, it took me a long time to get where I am right now, but you know, I definitely had to change things up with what I thought was going to be my income and, you know, the way that it's turned into what it is now. So it sounds like you've offered a handful of different freelance offerings and services over the years. How did those evolve and where did where did those start? So I started offering um, writing. So, I, you know, I was a freelance writer. And it's a good I think, fit for a blogger to, to yeah. do freelance writing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I later found out that I really don't like writing, but that came a couple of, that came about a year or so later. But, um, you know, I started doing some freelance writing. I think my first articles I was earning, you know, maybe 25 to $50 for an article. And then I realized that if I pivoted my services and switched to a different market where I was doing some freelance writing for corporate brands, you know, they have a different budget because they're looking for um, a sort of a different outcome versus just a, a another personal finance blogger who needs content. And so, you know, that would allow me to bump up my uh, freelance income as a whole because my individual article rates, you know, I, I was able to 3x or 4x them. And, um, and so that's sort of how that evolved. And then I realized that I could, you know, offer social media because I was really good. I mean, that's what I had learned as being a blogger. I learned how to, how to promote my writings via social media and how to grow an audience that way and how to do email marketing. And so I started pitching those services and that, you know, that's uh, definitely been uh, a great source of income for me as well. So how you mentioned you were out there pitching social media services to clients and a lot of people when they think, you know, they want to offer a service, one of the hardest parts for them is finding that first client. You know, I, was, I would say if you can earn your first dollar, you've broken down the hardest wallet. It gets yeah. easier from there. <laughs> so when you found that first social media client, how did you go about doing that? Well, I I previously thought that pitching was this, you know, nebulous thing. Like I, I probably, you know, like some of your listeners are probably like so scared, like, ah, pitching, you know, I have to get out there and, um, you know, put a sign on a stick and stand on the side of the road and say, please hire me. We do but, a little bit. I, I'd hope to, the people do a little better than those sign centers <laughs> when they're out there offering a, uh, an online service. But I, I, yeah. that, that's a, it's totally a petrifying feeling. If you've never put yourself out there, it's like your first time public speaking or your first time doing, you know, anything that, you know, puts you in a vulnerable vulnerable position where someone could say no. You know, that, that's a scary thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so you overcame that fear. Yeah, I overcame that. 
Yeah, I overcame that fear. And what I did was I just, I started making phone calls. And honestly, I made one phone call. I had a friend who had reached out to me who said, Hey, uh, he had been on my email list for years. And he reached out to me and said, Hey, I really like what you're doing uh, with your blog. I'd love to have a call. And I had no idea that this would lead to uh, me closing a client, but he mentioned, I need someone to help me with social media. And I said, Oh, that's what I do. And so when I say pitching your services, you know, be very clear about what you offer. And then, you know, I made the call to him, you know, he had called and left the voicemail, but I made the call back and, and actually offered my service. So that's what pitching, that's all that really is. And then I start, started finding some job boards where I was able to, you know, reach out to those people and offer my services. And, you know, it's as easy as saying, this is what I offer. Is it something you'd be interested in? And that's, you know, that's sort of how I, that's sort of how I pitch. So you'd already been doing your own social media for a long time at this point, I'm guessing. So when you switched over to doing social media for someone else, getting paid for it, did you use the same strategies you were using on your own site? Was it kind of a fake it till you make it thing? Or did you figure it out as you went along? What was that experience like as you brought that first client on board? Well, the great thing was that I learned what sort of what worked and and what doesn't work. Uh, over, you know, the four years that I was running my own site. And so what I was able to do was I was able to jump right into the stuff that does work, which is, you know, pulling out content from blog posts that you've already written, uh, connecting with influencers, uh, curating content from websites like uh, CNBC and, and any of the sites that are like in your industry that, you know, that create the content that your audience is, is looking to read. And so, um, it was, it was a lot easier because I, I sort of knew where I was going when I started my social media business. But, you know, then I, I was presented with a new set of challenges because my client is in a highly regulated, um, financial industry. And so, you know, most of the stuff that we publish has to be pre-approved. And, you know, essentially it's on, it, a rotating schedule because those social messages have been approved by compliance before they go out. Um, so that was new, but um, that's, that's what I specialize in. And that's, that's, those are the type of clients that I help uh, because I have that experience in the financial industry. And so do you still offer that social media service or is that um, something you've shifted away from as you've been starting to work on the products you've been building yourself? No, I still offer that. So my current, strategy set includes marketing, digital marketing. So I offer social media. I help my young entrepreneurs and new entrepreneurs gain their first clients using digital marketing. So my specialty is still marketing. And uh, that's what I offer. There's one side where I'm coaching them and telling them how to do it. And then there's the other side where I'm doing it for them. And so yes, I still offer the done for you portion of my of that, but I'm also off starting to offer coaching and hey, this is how you do it, teaching services to help those people who, you know, sort of just want to know how to do it and then they can take it and do it for themselves. So if you were going if you were going to break down your income by source into percentages, what is your biggest bucket of online income? Is it from offering those services? Is it for you know doing it for people, helping people do it? What's your What's, what's the biggest thing today? Yeah. So I can, I can go by, uh, December. I haven't had a chance to look at all of 2015 yet, but in December, my, my coaching 
actually took off. And that matches the income that I'm bringing in from the done for you service. So that's about, I would say maybe 70% of my income is the coaching plus the done for you service. And then 30% of my income is still coming from passive affiliate marketing and coming from, you know, those items and things that I put into place on my personal finance blog that, you know, are, are sort of set it and forget it. And I haven't, you know, really touched those at all. I'm noticing that that is a very common trend right now with uh, with a lot of the bloggers and, and online people I know. Um, it seems that everyone started with their own site, you know, however many years ago, and they built that up and used that platform as a way to kind of leverage their way into offering other services. Yep. And that original blogging, for me, it's about 10% of my um, online income comes from my blog, about 90% <laughs> from freelancing, um, mostly writing, some web design. So it's about 60-40 yep. between uh, writing and web design, maybe 70-30. So but it's the same story with me, with you, with, uh, with a bunch of past guests. If you don't have that online platform that you can use as a public-facing place, you're really missing out on on the entire audience of the internet. So how, how else would you reach them? Right. So, so building that website presence is huge. Um, so what do you, so I know you mentioned you have your LetitiaStyles.com now in addition to young finances, how do you use the two sites differently as part of your personal branding and, and online marketing? So young finances is, it's sort of my baby and it's hard to, to let it go. But I, I really, I don't update it as much. Um, I do, I write occasionally. I have some writers that write occasionally, but more with that audience, I'm looking to uh, create a, you know, a great product that will serve them. So I'm still sort of in the research phases for that. Um, as far as, you know, what I offer at Letitia Styles, that differs because I'm doing, you know, webinars, I'm doing, you know, workshops and things to, I've changed almost completely the way that I uh, reach an audience, interact with an audience and monetize an audience. And it's been really nice to watch the difference because I've been tracking everything and I want to write this amazing case study, but it's, it's so crazy how when you know what you're doing, you can succeed so much faster. Uh, when I first started my Young Finances blog, I was sort of, you know, stumbling around in the dark. And now I feel like I know what the formula is. And it's just, it's just time and implementation at this point. Has there been any one thing you've done on your websites or offline that you would say this was the number one most pivotal pivot? I'm having a tug tied <laughs> interview today. I don't know what's going on. The most pivotal moment in, uh, in all of your online dealing? It sounds kind of cliche, but honestly, it was investing in myself. And I purchased a course, which, you know, sort of takes you from uh, starting, you know, starting a website or starting, you know, to create your platform. And it takes you all the way through to uh, monetizing that platform. And it wasn't necessarily the content in the course that pushed me you know, that, you know, really helped me. Like there wasn't any life-changing material in there. But what did help me was because I invested in myself, I was more motivated to take the daily actions that were required in order to be successful. And so because I spent, 
you know, I spent $2,000 on that course. And, you know, I sort of felt like, okay, I owe it to myself now to push through. And that really, really helped me to, um, to get things going. So that was sort of the, the pivotal moment, uh, so to speak. It was, you know, me investing in that course and, and actually implementing, you know, each day something one at a time, essentially. So you, so you found going through the course that it sounds like it was mostly stuff you already knew. You just needed that extra motivation of I've paid for this to really act on everything that you were planning on. Yep, exactly. I, I know that feeling. I think a lot of people get that. It's like a, I don't know, what, what's the analysis paralysis equivalent for this? You know, there, I don't know if there's an expression for it like that, but you know, a lot of people find, you know, you, there's all these things that you want to do. Like you want to get out there, like, like the big meme says, you know, do all the things, right? <laughs> so you can't do all the things at once. Yeah. You have to really, you know, create a strategy and then follow through. And that's hard. You know, I've actually, um, I'm looking at my, on the background of my computer, my desktop right now, I have day four, five, six, and seven videos sitting there that I recorded like six months ago. And I have not, <laughs> um, I, I'm creating a, a thing called, um, it's, it's going to be called uh, Personal Profitability Bootcamp. There'll be a uh-huh. one week course that will take you through kind of the, the major points of what I'm doing. And it's the exact same thing we just talked about. You know, it's, I've been working so much on a lot of the other stuff that I put that to the side, even though I know that's probably going to be one of the best converting things I've ever done. And it's sitting there for uh, over a year. I have a few friends who would laugh at me for bringing that up. I'm sure, I'm sure that if, Jeff, if you are laughing right now, you're la- if you are listening right now, you're laughing at me. So uh, yeah. that's one person. <laughs> that's uh that's another thing. So like the other thing, like you said, do, taking it step by step, that was sort of what uh, another thing that I learned in the course, it was just do this first, then do this, then do this. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the content. It was the fact that it was laid out as take this step first or do this action. And I, you know, I sort of thought to myself, okay, like I know, I know what to do. I just have to do it. And once I actually just sat down and just did it and took the action and started doing things step by step. And I, you know, I created a like a, a, a mini diary, you know, what, what did I do each day to move my, you know, move my goals forward. And that was really when things started, things started moving and things started changing. And so, you know, these days when I talk to my audience, you know, I, I always emphasize that I call my audience the actionistas because they're ready <laughs> to take action and like actually get ish done. And, uh, you know, it's all about taking action. I like that. Maybe we should get your actionistas and my profiteers together and we can take <laughs> over the world. I love it. <laughs> so, um, so I know you're saying you're going to build a course, speaking of taking action and doing things, or you're going to create some kind of products to sell. What are your plans to create? What's, what's that next step look like? So at this point, I'm sort of uh, earning as I create because, you know, I don't want to get into the place where I'm trying to, you know, create this thing that I'm eventually going to sell. And then I sort of drop it. I know my personality and I know that in order for me to be successful, I have to see results um, immediately almost. And so what I've been doing is I've been doing workshops that they're paid workshops and those will, those turn into products that can be purchased, you know, as e-courses on demand. 
And so I get paid to create the workshop. I get paid to host the workshop. And then once the e-course is set up on my website, you know, I'll generate passive income from that. So that's sort of what my, my business model for my coaching looks like right now. It all sounds great. So, um, so let's say I'm trying to think of a situation. So let's say you're a, um, a new entrepreneur. You, you like what Letitia's doing. You are starting your own website and your own brand, but you, you know, you build the website. You know, we, it's, it's not like the field of dreams. If you build it, they won't come. That's not how the internet works. <laughs> you have to uh, get out there and market it and pitch it and, and get your name out there. So if someone were new starting today, and they came up to you, Letitia Styles, marketing and social media expert, and said, okay, I've built my website. It looks pretty good. It has my, my pretty face on it, front and center. What do I do next? What would you tell someone to do to really start building up that uh, personal brand publicly rather than hoping people will show up? Sure. So the first thing that I say is, you know, find your audience, find those people that will eventually be your tribe, those people who are going to be, you know, rushing towards you to like throw their dollars at you and say, you know, take my money. <laughs> um, and so in order to do that, you have to get really clear on the people you want to service. Uh, this was something that it took me a long time to figure out, like, who do I actually want to work with? And then I thought about, you know, what I wanted my business to look like. And eventually, you know, I'd like to do some retreats where, you know, I'm going out of the country because I love traveling, um, going out of the country with my with my audience and with my tribe. And so when I thought about it that way, it became very clear the type of people that I wanted to work with. And so if someone's new, I would say, you know, look for your tribe first. Who are who's going to be that one person that's going to enjoy what you're offering? Find them, figure out where they hang out. Uh, for me, I do a lot of marketing in Facebook groups. I do marketing on Periscope. And there's, you know, a couple of other places where I really focus my attention, but it's mostly it's Facebook and Periscope. Find out where they hang out and then provide them with value, uh, provide them with value day in, day out and uh, build your email list, which I always recommend. And then, you know, keep that conversation going. And eventually you'll be able to, uh, you know, ask them what they want to buy, create it for them and then sell it to them. It's very simple. So for and you mentioned Facebook and their Facebook is a uh, a lot of online marketers have a love hate relationship with Facebook these days. It used to be pretty easy to get yourself out there and be seen by so many people. Now it's um, I, I last number I heard I think is four percent roughly of uh, your friends will or likes not friends. So if you have mm -hmm. a page, about four percent of people will see a post if you write it. Um, but you know it's kind of a disheartening thing to think about when you're building up your page. So you mentioned groups and other uh, and some other Facebook stuff. What does your Facebook strategy look like? For or what would you recommend a new person's Facebook strategy look like? Yeah, sure. And actually, I'll provide a PDF for your listeners. I'm going to look up the link right now because I, I didn't have this available. But I've got you know really simple strategies that you can use in order to grow your uh, Facebook page and actually reach those people who like your page because it's true there will only be a small percentage of people who see your page that will actually see your updates and continue interacting with you. So some of the things that I do is, you know, I provide engaging content. Uh, my audience really loves pictures. They like videos. And so I, you know, I offer pictures and I offer videos and I curate. So I share other interesting stories because in order to get your page to become more visible, 
you have to have your audience to continue interacting with your page. So every time they like something that you post, every time they share something, the Facebook algorithm is going to um, say, okay, this person really likes Letitia's page. Let me show them more of her updates. And so it's important to, um, to curate a community that is interacting with your posts often. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I'm not afraid to use Facebook ads. I've used Facebook ads to great success to um, bring in more likes to my page, to fill my workshops, to um, to fill my my January coaching was sold out. Uh, I posted that there was one spot left on Facebook and boosted it for $5. And, you know, 20 minutes later, someone commented and said, I'll take that spot and, you know, sold out my coaching program. So, you know, don't be afraid to to actually put a little bit of money behind it. And like I said, I've got a PDF that's that's really great that I'll share with your audience. And I'm going to look it up right now so I can give you the link and you can you know put it in the show notes later sure. as well. Yeah. So for every, everyone who wants to find those show notes while Letitia's typing and looking that up, the um, URL for the show notes is going to be personalprofitability.com slash episode 27 spelled out. So it'll be personalprofitability.com slash E-P-I-S-O-D-E episode and then the number two and seven. And that is where all of the details and uh, and goodies from this episode will be found. And if you'd like to get the uh, Facebook PDF, I'm going to uh, give it to you right now. It's just bit.ly because we all love uh, Bitly. Yeah, Bitly. <laughs> and uh, PPP. 2016. <laughs> so personal profitability podcast 2016. So bit.ly PPP 2016. I like that. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember. Easy to remember. And that'll take you directly to the, um, the PDF. There's actually, uh, there's no email required because that's another thing that I, that I recommend and I pres- present to my audience is you want targeted followers. So you you get that PDF for free. You don't have to put your email address in. And if you see what I do and you like it and you want to connect with me, there's an option in the PDF to connect further. So um, that's that's free for your audience today. Well, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm definitely going to take a look at that myself. I'm sure I've you know as I, I said, you know, a lot of people struggle with Facebook. It's a place I've seen some success, but definitely not the success I'd like to see. So I will definitely. Uh, take a look and follow up on those tips that you awesome. uh, provide to everyone else too. So um, I know I mentioned a minute ago, you mentioned that you are a big traveler. How does travel fit in with your business schedule? And have you had any favorite places you've gone in the last couple of years that you'd care to share? Sure. I've actually got a full schedule this year. I'm super excited. So this past year, um, I had a chance to go to Dubai, which was nice. It wasn't for business. But, um, it was awesome and it, it was really nice to, um, to go to a new part of the world. I've never been to the Middle East. So that was brand new for me. And this year I've got a couple of trips on the list. I've got Paris on the trip, um, on the list. I've got, um, you know, Miami and I'm going to Canada, Toronto for the first time. I'm headed out to San Diego, which I'm, sh- I'm hoping that you'll be there too. I will be um, in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. And, uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to get to Bali by December. So, and those will all be business trips. And so my business has expanded to the point to where, um, I'm able to, uh, to take some trips specifically for business and go on a couple of business retreats with uh, with some business partners. And I'm really excited about that. 
So speaking of San Diego, I've had this uh, at the last FinCon, which was in Charlotte, North Carolina, at the very, very last session, which was actually the only session I went to that I wasn't the speaker in. It was, it was kind of, <laughs> a, I was actually sick at FinCon, so it was, it was a tougher oh, no. one, but I, um, but it was still fun and I still networked and I've watched a lot of the session videos since. But at the very last session, there was this awesome speaker named Grant. And then after we all had these, um, they had these little tubes with goodies and prizes in them, like sunglasses. And one of those goodies was a coupon code for one free FinCon 16 ticket, which is in San Diego this year. Nice. Um, for someone who's never been before. So obviously I don't qualify because I've been to every <laughs> single one. My wife I brought along before. I was thinking, who do I give this ticket to? I have, you know, most of my, most of my friends now are from FinCon. They're, <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. um, they're people I know. So I was trying to think, who, who do I give this ticket to? So if you are listening right now, this is this is the offer. I will give you a free ticket to FinCon if you send me an email, Eric at personalprofitability.com. The uh, the deal is you have to have never been to FinCon before, and you have to commit that you will go, it's I think in September, to San Diego for a weekend. You can find all the details at finconexpo.com. So you send me an email, Eric at personalprofitability.com. I only have one ticket code, it's worth I think the the cost to go this year is is um is it two three hundred dollars? It's not a it's it's definitely on the uh, lower end of the cost of uh, all the conferences out there. And for the value you get out of it, it's um and I would not be doing this podcast. I would not be making forty thousand dollars a year as a side business if it were not for FinCon. I wouldn't know Letitia if it weren't for FinCon. So email me and um, the first person who claims that code, it is yours. But um, <laughs> awesome. you you have to sign up and get your ticket that day and you have to email me a um either something saying you got a flight or a hotel booked so that's the uh the deal if you book your flight or your hotel for fincon you've never been this code is yours so um nice that's pretty nice yeah this i didn't i wasn't planning on doing that at the beginning (laughs) of this episode we kept talking about it the ticket's been sitting next to my monitor since i got home last september so um so that's the offer that's the big giveaway this time yeah so um so travels and we we're talking like Paris. Have you ever been to Paris? I haven't. I'm really right? excited to go. It's a beautiful place. I have to say a funny thing about Paris. You know, people say that, you know, Paris people are rude and I, it's the only place I've ever been where I, the people rub me the wrong way. But the architecture, the museums, everything was amazing. You mentioned Miami. I've been there. Uh, I love Miami. It's fun. You yeah. got a, you got a good year coming up. Bali. I've never been to Bali. That, that me be, neither. I'm so uh, excited. Yeah, I'm hoping, uh, <laughs> I'm a new dad. I have a, uh, almost three months old. So my travels have been uh, much more limited to uh, it's mostly family visiting me now, which it's kind of fun to have people visit you after them not visiting you for a long time. But I realize yeah. they're really visiting my daughter. They're not really visiting <laughs> me. I'm just a, uh, I'm just the one who gives my daughter a house. And, You're the bonus. Uh, yeah. Everyone else wants to see her. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, so thank you so much for, for being a part of this, Letitia. This has been a, uh, you know, knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. I really enjoyed it. So, uh, if anyone is out there and wants to connect with you, they want to learn more about you. I know we've mentioned your website, but um, let's, can you mention your website, your Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you want people to follow you? What's the, the best places to go? Sure. The first place I would uh, tell you to go is LetitiaStyles.com. And then if you want to uh, see a little bit more of the business tips that I offer, I do a weekly Periscope. I'm actually about to go live uh, in a couple of minutes. If you're listening to this later, 
I won't probably won't be live, but uh, <laughs> I do a weekly Periscope and that's just uh, periscope.tv slash young finances. So I'd love to see you there. Well, I have some good news and I have some bad news. What's that? Well, actually, they're, they're both the same. My beer is empty. So, so I think that means we, we must be close to running out of time. So, uh, so Letitia, listeners, everyone, thank you so much for being a part of it. This has been an amazing episode. Again, the show notes will be at personalprofitability.com slash episode 27. Letitia, thanks so much for being here. And uh, yeah, this has been great. So until next time, stay profitable. Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.